cheers, y'all. Well, 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 well. Sounds like a party in here. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to this fine radio program, podcast, video extravaganza known internationally as the world famous Smokin' and Toastin'. Welcome to it. It's show number 219, which makes us... Halfway to 300. Yeah, there we go. Uh, welcome to it, ladies and gentlemen. We are absolutely stoked and psyched to be here. And uh, today we have, I think, a very fun show coming up. And then I want to, I'm excited actually about the next couple of weeks because the next couple of weeks we've got some some of the best guests we've ever had on Smoking and Toast and we'll be returning. I love that. Yeah, so we'll be, uh, we'll be talking about that in just a minute. <clears throat> but today, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to tell you and show you if you're watching on video. How to make a perfect black and tan. Now, the thing about black and tan is it's not hard, but apparently, you know, because you basically pour one and then you pour the right, other, right? right? But apparently, there's a little bit of technique that's involved. I've never in doing attempted it, in doing it perfectly. I've never attempted to make one myself. I never have either. So we'll both be doing it for the first time today, following the directions uh, from an article that I got from uh, Liquor.com, which has you know great stuff. All right, and it so seems if, very simple. So let's see how we do. If you haven't been to Liquor.com, you should go there because uh, it's just fun. Oh, it really is. Like great. You, you'll go down the hole for a while on that. Yeah, one. it's uh, not only do they have great drink recipes, mm-hmm. which makes it a great site for that. They also have just great articles about you know things that you can try, reviews, uh, different articles about things that are happening and exciting. And in this particular case. A great article that we'll be heeding today for how to make the perfect black and the tan. The perfect black and tan. Yeah. So we're really excited. I'm really excited about that. I even haven't even had a black and tan in a long time. So I'm I'm kind of psyched about uh, about I, this. I honestly I don't remember the last time I had one. All right. So my dad used to buy a. Um, he he enjoyed the. Uh, it was called Mississippi Mud. It was a black and tan in a in a bottle. A bla- There's no such thing as a black and tan in a can or a I, bottle. I was is weird. There? It was that's what it was. That's what it's called. How does that work? It's called Mississippi Mud. Uh, I don't remember who made it. I haven't seen it in years. Well, so I don't my know understanding if it's still of the reason black and tan works is because the density of the the stout, the stout yeah. is different from the density of the ale, and so uh, that's why they kind of stay separated rather than just mingling all together. It's but. just like me and you. Like, your density and my density are totally different. Right. That's why we have to sit this far apart. Reminds me of that great line in uh, 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 Back to the Future where uh, <laughs> you are my George McFly says, you're my density. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anybody that remembers that is laughing. Anyone that doesn't is like, what? Nobody calls me yellow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so welcome to the show. It's number 219. So much? We are brought to you by, why don't you make like a tree... <laughs> And get out of here. Uh, we are brought to you by uh, MyCigarShirts.com. Great shirts for cigar lovers and the people who love them. Why? Uh, snarky, cir- uh, snarky sayings on the web. Uh, MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Cigars, yes. yes. Um, but they have great stuff. The shirts start under 20 bucks, and uh, they're really cool, too. Man, so. look at that awesome sweatshirt you're wearing. This too. is actually from MyCigarShirts.com. It's the uh, uh, the hoodie with the MyCigarShirts.com logo so it's uh, it's very affordable you should check it out and they are a sponsor of the show so we are uh, big fans we love of them. them plus they're just cool anyway um so on today's show in in addition to making the black and tan uh drinking news returns our drinking news teaser headline is come quick rambo needs help so I'm looking forward to that. Come quick, Rambo needs help. Yeah, that's I that's love that. that's the teaser headline today for uh, for drinking news. Uh, we're going to try some really interesting things today. I was so stoked! I cannot wait 
to taste the second one here. But let me tell you about the first one. The first one is called Beverly Pills. It's oh, yes. a Pilsner from uh, Indie Brewing Company. And it's got the kind of Beverly Hills sign on the can. You'll see it in a minute. Um, we also, the one I'm just like over the moon about, we've had great beers on this show from the brewery that's called Untitled Art. Yes. They are just like wonderfully creative. They've done some amazing things. Well, they have teamed up in a collaboration with, I'm so excited, Parish Brewing. Oh, nice. My my number one brewery when we picked our favorite breweries yeah. for last year. Uh, so Untitled Art and Parish Brewing together, I'm... I'm my head's about to explode. It's going to be <laughs> awesome. Uh, we'll be tasting their Gulf Coast IPA, which I found uh, this week, and I haven't tried it yet, so I'm just uh, I'm so excited. Uh, and then from Westbrook Brewing Company, a 10th anniversary peanut butter hazelnut marshmallow stout. That sounds yummy. Yeah, that sounds sounds like it's right up your alley. So yep. looking forward to that. And then uh, the Wild Turkey Long Branch. I don't know if you've had the Long Branch I don't ha- before. I haven't had Long Branch. Okay. I've had their Forgiven. Yeah. So and I've had, um, I can't remember the other one. Uh, they're outstanding. So Absolutely outstanding. Long Wild Branch, Turkey, yeah, Long Branch is, is uh, aged in some very special Texas wood barrels. So we'll... Uh, we'll get to that uh, a little bit later on in the show. And, of course, drinking news, how to make a perfect black and tan, and as if that weren't enough. But wait, there's, there's more. There's more, yes. If you listen now, yes. you will also get. Yeah, yeah. how much would you pay? Um, <laughs> cigar Snob Magazine, one of my very favorite cigar magazines, uh, has released their entire list now of their top 25 cigars for the year 2020. So we'll be going through that awesome. list. Have you looked at this well. list already? I actually have did not. You sneak peek it? I did not. No, I did uh, not sneak peek. So I don't know what's on there. See, I, I purposefully stay behind the news a lot of times yeah. cuz we get we get it in here and I like to have that that honest reaction. Well, it can be hard and I remember a couple of shows ago when we got the full list from Cigar Aficionado for their top 25 yes. of the year. And I remember when I pulled it up here so we could go on the list Pulled it up on the iPad, like I couldn't help it. There was number one, and I knew what it was. Like I, I actually kind of wanted to not know until we said, "And number one, right?" But there it was. It was if you remember the EP Carrillo, um, the, the the new one. I keep wanting to call it Pride, but it's um, it's what what did you say, Adam? Pledge. pledge Thank yes. you. Thank Sorry, you. I, I don't know why I want to call too. it Pride. Pride would have been a good name for it too, but the EP Carrillo Pledge. And I've seen a couple of articles uh, over the past couple of weeks of people who've written an article that says Cigar Officials, Cigar Aficionado's number one cigar of the year is only eleven dollars. So I, I guess usually the cigar of the year is a little bit pricier. Yeah. I think I think because it's a robusto, it's a little less uh, less expensive. Hmm. So anyway, we'll be looking forward to that. And um, gosh, there's just there's so much going on. I'm excited to talk about it, and I'm excited about uh, about everything on the show except for one thing. What's that? I understand that we need to observe a moment of silence for Mr. Torley Gig. <sighs> Mr. Torley Gig. I don't know the story. I just know he's not with us today. Mr. Twirly Gig is um, is currently um, in the uh, the great um, lazy Susan place in the sky. <laughs> okay, that, that was good. By the way, I saw you reaching for that, but what you got was really good. <laughs> what you got was really good. So what happened? So Mr. Twirly Gig came home with me, and because yeah, uh, he w- he was struggling with he was weak struggling. batteries, he wasn't he yeah. wasn't doing really well. Yeah. I think and, he had um, COVID. I'm not sure. <laughs> so it's too and, soon. And Is it too, too soon, soon for too COVID soon. jokes? Like, I'm sorry. My heart. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> so, 
So he came home with me, and uh, and, and I, I shined him up, cleaned him up. Mm-hmm. I said, you're going to be okay, buddy. And I flipped <laughs> it over, and I undid the little screw that holds the battery in. And uh, and I put a couple new batteries. I had, I had some new batteries. Just in, there. in case anyone is new to the show and doesn't know, Mr. Twirly Gig is a round device, maybe just a little bit bigger than like a 45 RPM record. And it's a black... You know, base that's about I don't know inch and a half, two inches thick, and then uh, shiny uh, metallic type top. of top, and we could turn him on, set the beer. This is such a high tech show. It's pretty amazing. Uh, we could set a beer or a bottle of whiskey or whatever on it that we were going to be tasting on the show, and it would rotate just kind of like mm-hmm. I don't know. It sort of made me feel like Home Shopping Network. Or yes, something, he was you know? our drink rotational specialist. Exactly. So that's and- who Mr. Twirly Gig is. An inanimate object that that moves, but he was having trouble. Ian took him home, he was, and I yeah, interrupted. he was gasping. And I cleaned him up, made him look <clears> real good. I put some new batteries in him, and when I when I turned him on, he said he felt better. But when I turned him on, he just uh, he was struggling. Yeah, um, the it was he wasn't turning smoothly. He was kind of hitching, and then turn a little bit, and then hitch and turn a little bit. So I thought, well, this is not good. And uh, and we sat and talked about it, and I recommended surgery. And Mr. Turley was okay with that. I said, but. <clears throat> Just so you know, there's some risks you have, involved. You have very cheap parts, <laughs> and there's because risk we involved. buy only the best here. <laughs> you, may, you may not survive this a very invasive surgery. Yes, I got you. So I took Mister Twirly Gig apart, and I got into his clockworks in there, which were all uh, like really crappy nylon plastic, mm-hmm. and uh, and there were a couple chewed up teeth on it and stuff like that. Uh-huh. There's really no way to fix that. So, right. so uh, Mr. Tourley Gig and I s- said goodbye, and I told him that I would spread the love on the show. Ian, is this the first time you've lost a patient? Well, this is the first time I've lost a, a lazy Susan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, well, a moment of silence for Mr. Yes. Tourley Gig. So, Mr. Tourley Gig, um, he does have uh, an extended family. Yes. And we may see about uh, see if someone wants to come in and take his place. We'll just we'll we'll have to see right. what happens. Well, our thoughts and prayers go out to the extended family. We don't want to get the wrong one of Mr. Twirly yeah. Gig. This is true. Yeah, this is true. Well, as I as I often say here on Smoking and Toasting, we will spare every expense when it comes to you know right. sound effects, special mechanical effects, uh, things like that. So clearly, we bought a cheap Mr. Twirly Gig, and we'll have to find. When a I took one. him apart, his insides said. Yeah, that that seems about right. And well, if you've ever watched the Bugs Bunny cartoon, you know, you know that exactly that, what that sound means. That yeah. is not good for mechanical <laughs> no, parts. It's definitely not. <laughs> oh man! So so what a week. We say goodbye to Mr. Twirly Gig. Uh, maybe hello soon to a uh, a family member. Yeah, well we'll see what we can come up with. A Twirly um, Gig cousin. I, yeah, I put out some feelers. We'll see if maybe if cousin Twirly, Twirly Gig can... respond. Okay, it's good to know. <laughs> I feel like you know we're just gonna have to hold. Uh, a beer and turn it this week. Well, we ha- we may have to do the mechanical. Going to seem even more low tech than usual. <laughs> when we're, when um, we're going even lower tech, yeah, uh, you know something bad is happening. We're right next to just sitting on the floor at this <laughs> That's point. Exactly right. Well, uh, this is what happens when you do 219 shows, and uh, uh, you know you just get to the point sometimes that you. You know, you have to do what you have well, to do. Well, true, true. Uh, how was your week this uh, week, Ian? Did you have an opportunity to smoke uh, oh, anything interesting? You know, it's, it's funny you should ask. I did. <laughs> yeah? I uh, sat on my patio today. Oh, very interesting. It was a little chilly today, but... 
If you were out of the wind, it wouldn't do bad. My patio uh, has a nice sunny spot. I could just move a chair right into the sun, and mm-hmm. it was perfect. Like, uh, you know, I've got a fenced-in backyard, so I don't get a ton of wind back. It has to be pretty breezy for it to be bad back there. Yeah. Um, and then I got, uh, I've got i got a decent-sized patio, so I can kind of just move a chair into the sun if I need to. Mm-hmm. And that's always really nice. So uh, today I sat out there and had uh, the Crowned Heads La Coalition. Oh, very nice. Yes. Have you had one of these? I have not, but I've okay. I've eyeballed them in the it's cigar store. It's pretty. It's, this was a Gordito 5x50, maybe 5x50 uh, or 5.5x50. I put 5x50, but I can't remember if uh, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. Uh, 5.258, maybe. Okay. Like our cigar last week. I think so, good. yes. <laughs> 5.258 and a half. Right. Uh, the appearance on this dark brown, veiny, slightly oily, slightly lumpy, just firm, a beautiful overall cigar, uh, single band. Yeah, it's just a nice looking cigar. It's party. Um, it, and it has some like texture to it. It feels good in the hand, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's nice. I like that. Uh, the pre-light sniff on this chocolate and coffee with earth and hay, a little bit of spice going on in the background. Really kind of set up the rest of the cigar. The initial light on this was a blast of pepper and spices. This thing was immediately medium. Really? Yeah, it was an immediately medium cigar, and it sometimes was right in the middle of it. And sometimes cigars start really mild and then build, and sometimes they start with that blast. Right. And you're thinking, wow, this is going to be a full the body, and then it was calms down. Only a couple puffs. Okay. And then it immediately was medium. Uh, it had a bad run on it immediately. I took oh, a picture of that bad that run. Happens, that should be yeah. up there. Oh, yeah, um, I see that. Yeah, now. it was a yeah. bad run. Like, I was like, well, I can't just leave that. Like, that's one of those runs where you know it's going to get away. You got to tend it. So yeah. I tended the other side of it. Um, the first third of this, I tended the run, seemed to be leveling out. Huge cedar and coffee notes backed by dark bitter chocolate, solid ash. Uh, the uh, burn was uh, pretty much corrected by the time I got through the first third of this. After you touched it up, yeah. Yes. The second third of this, chocolate gained a little bit of prominence. Coffee is steady. Uh, cedar backbone with a slightly gingerbread sweetness going on uh, all throughout the palate. Really, really nice cigar. A little bit of, little bit of pepper going on just to make it uh, interesting and give you a... Give you that nice uh, medium kind of feel. Mm-hmm. The last third of the cedar moved forward. Gingerbread sweetness ramped up just a little bit. The bitter chocolate and coffee really rounded out the t- uh, the back end of the palate. Solid ash, good burn all the way through the rest of the cigar. I tended it that one time at the beginning. Yep, and it, never touched it again. It evened out. It and did I'll great. just say this: I don't mind doing that. Like I don't mind if I if I light a cigar and it has uh, you know a little burn issue, and I can correct it. I don't go through the rest of the smoke thinking. All right. Well, this one wasn't very good. You know what I mean? Like, I, if it's correctable, if I'm usually okay it with it. Once or twice. Yeah. Like quick corrections. If you gotta I correct got to no correct the problems. whole cigar, yeah. that's a different story. So uh, this is a twelve dollar cigar, though. Okay. And twelve dollar cigar that you have to correct is well, mm-hmm. that can, that can raise your eyebrow a little bit. However, yes. when I corrected it once and I never had to look at it again, I never even suspected it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I I didn't even count that against you give it. it. A pass. This is a yeah. solid five. On the scale, you get what you're paying for in this cigar. You get great flavor. Uh, goes great with coffee. Goes great with stouts. Um, uh, and I know that because I had coffee this morning with it, and, uh, and then I had a stout. <laughs> I, I, a of friend, course, why not? <laughs> a friend of mine came over to uh, to swap some parts with me, some guitar parts with me, and uh, 
and uh, we did the whole social distance thing. But I also said, I said, hey, go in that fridge and pick out anything out of my fridge you like. And he came out with the uh, clown shoes advent. Oh, okay. Uh, stout. Yep. 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 And so we split. Uh, split split, it, split that. the clown shoes. So, yeah. so it goes great with coffee. It goes great with uh, stout. And how much did you say the cigar was? Twelve dollars cigar. Twelve. Okay. Straight up five on the price to quality scale. You get exactly what you're paying for. Great cigar. Highly recommended. If you like the flavors we're talking about, again, we're talking about lots of cedar, chocolate, coffee, and a little gingerbread sweetness. Uh, there wasn't a super deep flavor. Like there wasn't. I didn't taste a lot of like, mm, what is that or this is that. They were all pretty much right up front to me. All those flavors, right? And they were good. Yeah, I, I, it sounds great. It looked great too. Other than the little burn thing, I mean, it, it looked like a gorgeous. Yeah, cigar and the burn when you thing. Would... I totally forgive the burn thing because, uh, again, like I touched it up for a moment, gone. Mm-hmm. All right, that no works. problems. That no works problems. for me. All right, I like it. Well, I'll get to my uh, cigar in the next segment. I had a very interesting one. Mine is actually one that I've uh, smoked before and talked about before on the show, but it's been a while. So I will, uh, so I return to it today and it'll be interesting to see, uh, um, it'll be interesting to share with you guys uh, what that's going to be all about. So, so which episode number is this again? We uh, we are on number 219 today. So I want to point out, at this point in time when we, when we do cigar reviews, we have to find cigars and sometimes I have to right. go back and go, have I reviewed this recently? Because I'm starting to think like if we did it in the first, you know, first, Say 60, 75 shows. Yeah, it's okay yeah. if I do another review. Yeah. That's, well, that's kind of what I was thinking. And uh, well, I'll talk about it when I uh, share my tasting notes with you. But it, it really just seemed to me that I, I didn't realize I bought the cigar specifically to review for the show, got it home, and took a look back and discovered, oh, I have already done this mm-hmm. one before. But it had been a long time ago. And uh, the one that I bought was a Tubo. Oh, and yeah. I originally had reviewed it without the tube. So that was why I thought I had. Something I hadn't done before. Gotcha. Because it's a Liga Pravada, and I was like, "Oh, I haven't done I haven't done a Liga Pravada that's, that's a tube, but apparently it's available either way." Oh, so, so same uh, same so, one. Right, right. That's okay. I though. almost I almost got excited. Uh, was a couple of weeks ago. I was in the hum- the big humidor at uh, Specs down in Midtown, mm-hmm. and I saw an AJ Fernandez Bella Artez in a tubo, and I was like, "Oh my God!" There's a Bella Artez that I haven't tried, but turns out it was one I smoke all the, the time. The same it one, was just only in, in a tube. tube. Yeah, yeah. So so the it, tubos are handy. Though I like to uh, I like to buy tubos once in a while, especially my favorites. Nub tubos are one of my mm-hmm. absolute favorites because they're so pocketable. Yes, you, like you just stick that in your pocket. If you're headed somewhere, you don't know if you're going to have an opportunity yeah, to have a cigar yeah. or not. You want to have one just in case with you. Yeah, and you that don't way you don't have to take a case. It, and, it yeah. makes it home just fine. Totally if you didn't fine. Smoke yep. it. Totally fine. So, uh, well, I'll tell you I'll tell you about this tubo uh, in our next segment. Plus, in our next segment, we're going to taste Beverly Pills, and no, it has nothing to do with the Weezer song. It's all about a Pilsner from Los Angeles, California. And we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting. Uh, show number 219, How to Make a Perfect Black and Tan. We'll do it right here on the show coming up. I don't know if it'll be perfect, but we'll, we'll attempt. Back, oh, you gotta, Adam, you gotta put the camera on the uh, homemade Mr. Twirly gig there that uh, Ian is creating. There we go. 
It just doesn't get much more low-tech than that, does it? <laughs> you can see Ian's fingers turning the uh, can of Beverly Pills. Uh, welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. It is the uh, radio program and podcast. It's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. Cigar, cigar lover shirts available on the web starting another $20. They're really awesome. They're very comfy, and I'm wearing one of the hoodies now. It's, it's, it's great. In fact, it's almost too warm. I may have to change in a little while. <laughs> Right. This thing is keeping me so warm in the studio here. So, uh, anyway, check them out online, mycigarshirts.com, because cigars, cigars, yes. Um, Ian, the um, the presidential inauguration was uh, a little more than a week ago, mm-hmm. uh, and you would expect that the internet would be filled with photos from the inauguration, and they are. the The internet is filled with photos from the mm-hmm. inauguration. But it's not photos of the new president or the new vice president. Instead, the photo that has taken over the inauguration is a photo of um, Democratic Senator Bernie Sanders sitting alone, socially distanced, in a very lonely seat at the inauguration with his hands with these huge, enormous mittens, the face mask on, and he just he just he didn't look like he was at a formal governmental thing. He looked right. like he was sitting outside trying to keep warm on his front porch. Uh, <laughs> and so this meme has taken over the Internet. People have taken this image of Bernie Sanders with his mittens and his face mask, and they've photoshopped them into all kinds of stuff. And it's even gotten into the craft beer marketing area. In fact, Adam will put this up, but there, here's a photo of, well, it, it's a it's a obviously an image of Bernie Sanders at the Moore Brewing Company, which you should see on your phone. There's obviously a little lag. Yeah, there's a little delay we have You'll here. see this in a moment, but uh, uh, but here I can show you. I can show you just on the iPad <laughs> as it comes up. Yeah, there's there's Bernie, <laughs> and so they photoshopped him into you know into everything. He's been at you know, uh, he's been on stage with BTS. He's been you know he's been just <laughs> he's been all over the place. But a number of craft beer companies have uh, have used Bernie in their marketing. So Bernie is our craft beer marketing hero of the week. Uh, Bernie so, looks a lot like the. Uh the honey badger right there. He <laughs> kind of does. <laughs> he don't give a... Yes, that's absolutely right. <laughs> oh, So, Ian, this week I, uh, I mentioned that I went and got the Tubo of the uh, Liga Bravada. Uh, it was, it's the T-52 Stock Cut Toro. For those of you not all that versed in cigars, a tubo mm-hmm. comes in a usually a, a, a metal, metal tube. Yeah, yeah. In put fact, a little screw cap on it, and you pull it out. In fact, when you see the the photos here, the first one that uh, I put up was the um, the actual tube the itself actual tubo, before yeah. I, before I opened it. But as Ian was saying in the last segment, makes it really handy for slipping into a pocket. Yeah, taking with you, you know, keeps it protected, keeps it reasonably well humidified. If you're going to be out someplace mm-hmm. where the air is a little dry, uh, you know, it's not a permanent humidification solution. No, but, but if you take it out for, for an evening and you don't yeah. get a chance to smoke, it's certainly yeah. not going to hurt to toss it back in the humidor. Exactly, exactly. So uh, I bought this one. Thought I had a, a new Liga Provada that I hadn't uh, talked about on the show before. Turns out I had done this back on show number 86, as I recall. So, um, and now I have, okay, so something weird happened. I actually, I actually believe, I, okay, I got it. Sorry, I was confused for a moment. Thought I had, uh, thought I had lost this. But, um, so the, um, the stock cut Toro is a Habana wrapper, Brazilian binder, 
Honduran and Nicaraguan fillers. They use up tobacco from like seven different regions of those two countries. Uh, and it is rolled in Honduras. Um, Drew Estate ages them uh, after rolling them for a minimum of one year. So once they're rolled, they sit in, you know, human... Hum- Humidified rooms. Yes, easy for me to say. Uh, for the at least aging one year, room, yeah, in the aging will. room. Yeah, uh, it's a, a deep brown wrapper color. Uh, it's packed well. It looks great. The pre-light on it was more intense than a lot of pre-lights. A lot of times, pre-lights you don't really get all that much on the sniff or on the draw. But this case, it was pretty strong and it was very barnyard. Now yeah. I don't remember that. From before, because it was like show number 86, it was back in 2018, uh, that I uh, talked about this one on the show. And I didn't remember the barnyard being that big of a deal. It actually gave me a little pause. I don't mind that as one of the flavors or aromas of the cigar, but if it's the over overwhelming one. <laughs> the predominant flavor. And I've had a few cigars that were like that. Mm. They were just like, you know, I, this is okay, but like I get tired of it real fast. Um, so anyway, I was... Um, you know, anticipating it a little bit, uh, but I used a punch. I lit it up easy. The initial blast had just a little bit of that barnyard, but then that dissipated, and I really didn't get it again the whole time that I smoked it. So it was definitely just a, a before the light mm-hmm. uh, a sort of aroma. Uh, instead, I got black pepper, earth, anise, which is that licorice mm-hmm. uh Black uh, licorice. Black licorice, yeah. And uh, kind of an aged oak Flavor, sort of like it made me think of like the oak staves from a um, a barrel that's going to be used mm. uh, to age, you know, some whiskey or rum or uh, tequila. Um, the T fifty two is definitely full bodied, but that said, it's not a blunt instrument. It's not like smoking, um, you know, one of the diesels or uh, maybe the uh, the chisel the from Cuba yeah, yeah, exactly. It's it's, it's full bodied, but it's got a real I don't know. It's got a real subtlety to it at the same time. The flavors really stand out. Um, I got black pepper, earth, anise, aged oak initially. And then the subtly nuanced flavors kind of went through. By the second, third, I was picking up leather, dried cherries, and a kind of a pepper vibe that was nice. leaving a little bit of a, a tang on the tongue, which I really like. Uh, construction and burn were incredible. I did not touch it up one Everything time. you've just said. Yeah. Is the reason Liga Provados are not cheap. Right. That's absolutely right. But it's also the reason that That generally they're they're quite good. Well, as I got into the last third and I started to get a little bit of that, you've mentioned this on the show before, but you know those those candies that your grandma would get that were like a really like bitter orange with chocolate on them? You know what I'm talking about? It it had a distinct uh, flavor of that that came through in the final third. It was really nice. I mean, a little bit bitter, but in a very pleasant way. But the chocolate kind of smooths it out, makes it creamy. Um, I I managed to, to start thinking by the last third, I was like, why have I not smoked another one of these since 2018, Since 2018, you know, yeah. because I was really enjoying it. It was it was a bit different from you know kind of my normal uh, vibe of cigar, but really enjoyable, very complex. And as I thought about it, I thought, well, probably the reason that I haven't smoked more of these since 2018 is probably because it's a 15 to 16 dollar cigar. That's just expensive enough. Yeah, that's just expensive enough that it's not something I'm going to buy. In in quantity, I might yeah. buy one yeah. to try it. Even like I did to you know with this one today, I bought 
one thing, you know, I'll, I'll, this this looks good. I'll smoke it on the show. We'll see what happens. Uh, but it's not one where I'm like, okay, a box of those would be what three hundred and how much? You know, th- th- mm-hmm. that becomes that that feels more like it an gets investment. Pretty, yeah, that gets pretty yeah, pricey, pretty right. quick. So that's probably the reason I haven't smoked more of these. That said, it performed every bit as well as you would want a fifteen, sixteen dollar cigar to to smoke. And I enjoyed it so much that on a price to quality, I'm going to give it just slightly above the five. So I'll give it a five and a half, thinking, you know what? If if I bought it and it was $17 or $18, I wouldn't have said, yeah, this doesn't live up to it. Right. You know? Uh, so I'll give, it a, I'll give it a five and a half, but definitely thumbs up, definitely recommended. If you want to splurge a little bit, if if that's above your normal price range, which it is for me, uh, if you want to splurge a little bit, it's a great one to do yeah. it with. A- absolutely. I mean, it was it was a spectacular cigar and a great smoking experience. And I just, it was one of those where I, I was kind of like, you know, I feel really lucky that I chose this one this week. I'm enjoying the heck out of this. That sounds awesome. Uh, yeah. And our price to quality scale, of course, is uh, one to ten. Five mm-hmm. being the middle is exactly what you pay for. Um, uh, anything lower than that, you feel like you should have paid a little less, mm-hmm. or the cigar doesn't live up to its price. Anything above that, and the cigar is is worth a bit more than its price. But I want to point out, like, so price wise with cigars, I start eyeballing them pretty hard, and and thinking uh, pretty hard about it when they start capping the ten to eleven dollar range. Uh, see, I'm the same way. If it's under ten, if it's under ten, I generally don't even think about it. Right. I'm like, oh, I'll try this. I'll try if this. If it's but- twelve, I go, well, all right, I'll splurge a little. You know, yeah. you, you feel like you're you're going a little above your normal. Right. And and that was where I was on this one too. So anyway, but well worth it. Uh if you're gonna spend fifteen, sixteen dollars on a cigar, I can't think of one off the top of my head I would recommend more. Um, so once again, our high tech sound effects have come through. Ian, that was spectacular. I will. <laughs> that I, made me thirsty just hearing it. <laughs> yeah, I uh, will tell you on on cigar prices too. Um, I will buy on a not a regular basis, but I'll buy cigars that are in that range. Mm-hmm. Sometimes on site alone, sometimes on brand alone. Right, I just to try that. it because sometimes you go, you know, I, I just. You I want to in, step out and see what this is. Yeah, you go in, you see a Rocky Patel that's fifteen bucks that looks really, you know, kind of dazzling and spectacular, and you're like, okay, I'm generally not ever disappointed with Rocky yeah, cigars, so I'll less, take a shot. It's a little less explored, you right? Know? Exactly, that's exactly right. So, Beverly Pills, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Beverly Pills. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even go. I can't go any further than that. My my pride won't let me. Um, so uh, look what I did. Yeah, I, I saw that. <laughs> I was, that was very good. Uh, by the way, Robert Brown on the show notes uh, refers to us as the Beverly Pills Billies. So, <laughs> so that uh, that works for me. Beverly Pills. Uh, this is from Indie Brewing. Ian, what can you tell us about that? Is there any information on the can? Uh, Indie Brewing Company from Los uh, Angeles, California. Los Angeles, I believe. California. Indie Brewing Company, Pilsner, 5% alcohol by volume, one pint. There is not, that's it. I will tell you. And a government warning. uh, Well, it's good good that that's there. So I'll tell you, we've been kind of batting it out of the park with the Pilsners we've had on the show lately. It kind of started with that Vader Von Pils several shows ago, which was so good. And then we've had some great ones. Even the St. Arnold uh, um, uh, H-Town Pils we had last week was terrific. I want to point out the initial nose on this kind of puts me off. Yeah? It's a little rank. Really? Now let, let me go back and see if I get that. Yeah, I'm getting I'm getting a little bit of that extra ripe banana. Maybe is that is it's, that what you're referring no, to? No, there's a there's a 
There's a hoppy weirdness to it. Oh, see? Maybe I'm just not describing it properly. Mmm. This is okay. See, I, I don't know if I... I think it's pretty good. It's got a little Pilsner snap to it. I like the aftertaste a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I'm... I'm not sure if I like the very beginning of the okay, flavor. let me try that again. What are you getting on the front? Yeah, you're right. I'm concentrating mostly on the finish. The aftertaste is awesome, actually. The more yeah. I try that, it's got a real nice sweetness. The front of it has a little bitterness. Mm-hmm. Um, a little hot bitterness? Yeah. Maybe it's it's kind of a dank or um, resiny hop right up front that I'm not see, jiving with all that I, well. See, I'm kind of liking that because, to me, it makes the Pilsner more interesting. You don't want... A Pilsner to just be kind of a slightly fancier Miller Lite. You know what I mean? And and this, to me, is a lot more interesting well, than that. I'll go ahead and put this on interest level. Yeah. I think they did a good job. For my palate, I'm not totally into this. I don't I, That resiny right up front, it's like biting into a lime to me or something. It's like it's just too tart right there in the front. And That's the it. sweetness on the tail, I like a lot, but it's tempered by that. See, it I like the my, way it goes from a little tart to a little sweet. It's kind of astringent. It kind of leaves my tongue, like, a little weird. Hmm. I don't know. I'm liking this. I, I think it's pretty refreshing. Pretty, um, but, you know, again, I lean towards the hoppier thing. So the hop doesn't really, <laughs> I'm just laughing at you being the manual Mr. Twirly Gig. Is that the direction he spun or did he spin I miss you, way? Twirly Gig. <laughs> I know Bruce, uh, Bruce Stark on the show notes said no. <laughs> when we uh, announced the demise of Mr. Twirly Gig, um, I like this. I would I would drink more of this. I mean, this I, would, this would be one. I, I don't would, find I it stop. undrinkable. This yeah. is not something if you gave me a glass of it that I wouldn't sit down and and drink. But uh, I, I I wouldn't grab for it again. I don't All right. think. All right. Well, uh, so we're split. It's split decision on that one. I mean, I if we're going to be in L.A., give me an eight oh five. Adam, what's your take on it? Adam's our producer. He got a glass of it as well. Uh, so he's in the middle. So he keeps keeps the vote really split. <laughs> so, all right. Well, fair enough. Um, there you go for the people who say we like everything. Siskel says one thumbs down. Ebert says one thumbs that up. That happened on the show back when both of them were alive. Are both of them gone now? Siskel and I Ebert? So. I think so. I think wow. So. End of an era. Do you realize there's a whole group of people growing up who will never know no idea. what Siskel and yeah. Ebert, like movie review, uh, <laughs> right. even even meant? They were great, though. Speaking of movies, what have you seen the trailer for this one with the... Like, it's got Denzel Washington and Jared Leto in it, and Jared Leto plays the, the trailer. Wow, it looks pretty it. awesome. Uh, a couple of friends of mine were telling me, have you seen uh, Fat Man? <coughs> no. A couple of friends of mine were telling me that's really good. I haven't watched okay. it yet, but I saw it on the, uh, I did Amazon see, the other day. I'm gonna I did to... see the Tom Hanks movie, the uh, uh, News of the World, the Western. Ooh, is that good? It's actually quite good. Yeah, good, okay, yeah good. I enjoyed it. I, and I'm not a big Western guy uh, in terms of uh, movies, and Western's not my... Not my favorite, but Tom Hanks was great in it, and the little girl was good, and so it was well done. The other night, uh, I, I asked <laughs> my wife to pick out a movie, and she has eclectic taste from time to time. Yeah, and she picked out this movie called Iron Mask. I've heard of that. Is that Leonardo DiCaprio? No, no. Okay, that's the man in the Iron Mask. That's the man in the Iron Mask. Okay, hey, this is a Chinese movie. Oh, that has Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. You'd have to even look up the cast for this is because his, it's crazy who's in this. And it's a Chinese movie. Like, this is no doubt. This is not like an American production of a Chinese movie. This right. is a Chinese production. So was it movie. in Chinese and subtitled, or was it in English? So some of the characters are uh, are uh, 
overdubbed. Yeah. You can see. They just yeah. don't match. Some of the characters are simply overdubbed, and some of them are actually just speaking English. Hey, Mark Hamill didn't match in The Mandalorian, and he was right there. So, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? <laughs> but uh, but it's it's kind of funny because uh, it's, it's a totally different kind of movie. It's totally bizarre. Like... It's I kind of like this idea. Thinking, but totally watch it. I, it's I totally fun. want to see it. Yeah. It's ridiculous. And it's Jackie Chan and Arnold Schwarzenegger. Well, you got to love that. Yeah, there's that. a bunch of people in it. I can't remember the whole list of actors, but you'll you'll sit there and go, oh my gosh, really? I had a chance to interview Jackie Chan once. A delightful dude. I mean, he was just like... I've heard he's pretty as, awesome. As fun and awesome as could be. And it was interesting because... I interviewed him in 2012. He told me a very interesting story that there's a movie that he was filming in New York uh, that involved his character on the outside of the World Trade Center towers. And they had some kind of a bug or delay in production that kept them in Toronto an extra day or two. But he was supposed to have been filming on the outside of... The World Trade Center towers on September 11th. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So it was like it was like this bombshell story. It was like I couldn't believe that, and he was just you know he's he's, he's a great guy anyway. But he was just he was just you could tell he was just so humbled and amazed that he wow. had not been on the side of that building when it went down. That's crazy. So, so anyway, uh, okay. Tell you what, let's take a break. We come back. Uh, we're gonna taste this. I'm so excited about this uh, this IPA. It's a uh, Gulf Coast. IPA, and it is a collaboration between Untitled Art and Parish Brewing Company. Then, in the following segment, we'll get to how to make a perfect black and tan. And also, coming up in the next uh, segment, I want to tell you about our next couple of guests because we've got two of the greatest guests on Smoking and Toasting uh, ever that will be coming back in the next two episodes. So, yeah, it's going to be the bomb. Uh, we'll be right back at Smoking and Toasting. Thank you for joining us for show number 219. Back, it's smoking and toasting, show number two hundred and nineteen on the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand rolled cigars. Brought to you by mycigarshirts.com. Great shirts for cigar lovers on the web, mycigarshirts.com. Because cigars, cigars, yes. A couple of uh, great, great bits of input from the uh, uh, from the show notes from the uh, chatter on on the web. Uh, Nick Cook wants to know: Are we ordering another twirly gig? And uh, and yes, uh, yes, we are. Uh, well, we've. I think the way you put it was we've reached out to we've reached family, out to Twirly, Twirly Gig family. family members to see if anyone wants to step and, in. And, and I, yes, we're yeah. we're accepting we're accepting uh, applications. We're accepting from... Twirly Gig applications. <laughs> we'll see what happens by next. You week. know, if this were like you know twenty years ago, in less you know acceptable times. Uh, we could just hire a bikini girl to stand there and hold that. But today, <laughs> yeah, that probably wouldn't be so cool. You know, not so much. Yeah, not, not so actually, much. But I, yeah, I think it'd be kind of cool. Well, yeah, there would be things about it that would be cool. But yeah, uh, somebody would have an issue with it. Is all I'm saying. It, it, it loses a little translation, though, uh, yeah. considering a lot of people just listen to the show. That's true. And also, <laughs> in in fairness, it does remind you of like. What all the Budweiser and Bud Light ads were like back in the eighties? You know, it was always bikini well, we're not girls hiring a dog holding Bud. Well, there was that too. But the dog was always surrounded by bikini girls. Remember? 
Well, that's not the dog's fault. Well, no. <laughs> okay, I get it. I see where you're going with this. Uh, he also says, by the way, the, uh, that uh, uh, fancy lawnmower is even better than Nick Cook says. So, in response to our uh, talking about lawnmower coming into the break, and uh, uh, Bruce uh, Stark on Stark uh, tells us Siskel died in uh, February 20th of '99, and uh, Roger Ebert died in um, 13th. That'd be 2013. Uh, yeah, I remember when that happened. I didn't uh, stay. Yeah, so anyway, very interesting. And, and oh, by the way, hi to Jessica from uh, Barrel Bourbon. She's who so out. awesome. She's awesome. So we got to have Jessica. She's probably out there thinking, oh, they're, they're inviting me back on the show because you know, my... I said we're two of the best guests ever. And she certainly has been one of the best guests ever, but she wasn't who I was talking Wait, we about. We have to invite her back. My, uh, my okay, Jessica, of... you're officially invited. My bottle of number 20 is, uh, I, I drink just a little bit here and there and parse it out because it's so delicious. You know what I've been, like, drinking just tiny, tiny qualities of? The bottle of rye you gave me for Christmas. That's a good rye, Dude, isn't that is it? so delicious. <laughs> it's, you drink it and you go, oh, just, just a little. I want it, I want it to last. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's got to be. It's got to be really something for me to go, oh, not too much, just I, a little. I'm going to point out, I don't think we've had that rye on the show. That's a good point. We haven't. Okay, so we'll do that coming up as well. We won't do it in the next couple of weeks, though, because let me tell you what we got coming up on Smoking and Toasting. What do we got coming up? Next week uh, is the show before Super Bowl. And I'm thinking, you know, with the pandemic, a lot of people won't be hosting or going to the big, lavish Super Bowl parties. Yeah. Probably doing something smaller, maybe just family, maybe even just home alone for Super Bowl. So I thought the cocktails are going to be even more important. Because you need to you need to throw yourself a Super Bowl party if you're not going to have a bunch of people around to sit and laugh at the commercials and, uh -huh. and watch the game, right? So we've invited our cocktail expert back on the show next week. Yes, that's right. Chris Morris will be here to make super cocktails for the Super Bowl. We're going to have to get him to bring his guitar and sing his song. Oh, we totally should do that. Okay. We'll ask him. Uh, we'll ask him to do that. So So excited about that. And then the following week is the show before Valentine's Day. And our good friend and smoking toast and wine expert, Mark Burrell, will be here to talk about perfect wines for Valentine's Day. Those guys, both of those guys yeah. are so awesome. Mark so, Burrell, uh, he's such a, a fantastic guest when he's on here. He is. I he, always I always harken back to the time where we did the show at, um, at Rainbow Lodge. Yes. And we were supposed to do mixed drinks for that show, and we ended up just basically talking <laughs> to the Tritio yeah, the Treaty uh, Oak guy was there yeah, with Treaty Oak uh, uh, bourbon, and it was and, great. And Mark was just, you know what? This is how it's going. And he wasn't even worried about it. He's like, right. just whatever. And then, uh, and then we just had him had to have him on again to talk about the mixed drinks. Well, he's awesome. So uh, he'll be in studio with us, uh, and uh, we'll be talking about uh, different wines for Valentine's yeah. Day, which is uh, which is good, which is uh, awesome. So, all right, Ian, our next, I'm I'm as excited about our next beer as I've been about anything we've had for a while because. Untitled Art, I think, has been one of the... I think of it as a new brewery. I'm not sure when they were founded. Uh, they're from Winucky, Wisconsin. But we discovered them just in the last year. And everything we've had from them has been just outstanding. When I saw that they had teamed up with perhaps my favorite brewery, Parish Brewing, I just I was so excited. And then when I saw it was a, an Imperial IPA, I was even more excited. So uh, let's get right to it. This is their Gulf Coast IPA. It says... Ooh, it says IIPA on the can, which uh, I think means what they're saying is Imperial IPA, right? Is My, that what IIPA? Yes. Did My, you get Did you get your ukulele, ukulele. a little uh, a little uh, extra foam there? 
Yeah, that's all right. He's getting the bar treatment. Yeah. <laughs> you know, all my other guitars have, yeah. have had beer right, on them. you played in bars. <laughs> that does make some sense. Well, I'm telling you, I can see you pouring that, and that is a nice, rich-looking, uh, very almost coppery. It's so uh, it's so golden and hazy. That looks that looks quite interesting. Uh, well, I love Par- Parish makes Ghost in the Machine, which I think. Maybe my favorite IPA. That's at, one of the best the IPAs. Moment. It's there just is. absolutely terrific. And uh, so this and, is untitled art. Uh, Gulf Coast yeah. IPA, double India Pale Ale with Citra, Yidi, Hort, four three three seven hops. I may have said all that wrong. Brewed and canned by Untitled Art and Parish Brewing Company. Uh, Wanaki, uh, Wanaki, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. That's where Untitled Art is, and Parish, of Artwork. course, is in Brassard, Louisiana. Artwork by Ray and Smith. Look at this artwork. This is just absolutely yeah. It, it's really stunning. Beautiful. It's really stunning, and I can't wait for you to taste this beer because I've already. I would explain it. this artwork uh, to uh, to Josh who's listening in his truck. But yeah. um, uh, except you have no idea what it yeah, really represents. I can't explain this. Well, Untitled Art. They're they're well known for putting beautiful artwork like that. That's very abstract and difficult to explain, as well as Untitled onto their uh, cans. So. It is absolutely fantastic. Bill. Absolutely stunning. Uh, have you tried the beer? Yet? I have. What are you thinking? I think it's spectacular. But I'm interested to see what you think. It's it's an imperial IPA. It's a double, so it's it's nice and big. It smells. Um, it's got plenty of like citrus, a lemon, and orange peel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh. On the finish, you get just a lot of citrusy. I'm, I'm trying to pick through the flavors here. A little grapefruit, a little lemon. Um, yeah, the grapefruit snap on the end of this is delightful. And yes, then it, it ends with a sweet, malty thing that's mm-hmm. just... Wow. It leaves my mouth, like, super watering. I would be really interested to know, when two breweries collaborate on a beer like this, one's it's, in... It's also overall so bitter, but so delicious. Yeah, it definitely has the hot bitter that you would expect from an Imperial IPA, but it's uh, it's also I don't know. You're right. It's delicious and and kind of begs you to take another drink, which is interesting. That's for, why I've just about finished mine, just tasting it. Excuse me. Um, no COVID. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so. I'd be interested to see, Ian, when you got a brewery that's in Winucky, Wisconsin, and a brewery that's in Broussard, Louisiana, they almost couldn't be further apart geographically, right? So when they collaborate on a beer, how do how do they do that? Do they exchange recipes? Like like what what's the process? I'd be real interested to know. I that. don't know. Yeah, because that's a good question. Because it's it's such a cool thing. Now I know it might also be a great excuse to go visit somebody, right? I know in the case of like the Black is Beautiful Stout, for example, that one brewery kind of comes Everyone's up with, given the, same with mash the bill, recipe yeah. in Mashville, and then they communicate that with the other breweries, and they kind of put their own twist on it. Mm-hmm. But in this case, you've got two breweries. I'm going to assume this was actually brewed in Winucky, but I don't know. I think so. They could be brewed it, in well, both it places. Says, it, says, it says brewed and canned by Untitled Art. And Parish Brewing, and then it says uh, Wanaki, Wisconsin, and we know Parish is in uh, Louisiana. So, so maybe uh, maybe what happens is uh, okay. I'm going to invent a story here. So maybe what happens is uh, the guys from Parish go, "Hey, man, we have this great um, Imperial IPA um, recipe. Do you guys want to put your spin on it?" 
and maybe they take their recipe and they send it to these guys and these guys and they take like it. take it another and of course in my mind being romantic like this in my mind they make a batch of it just like like pure to the recipe so that they can taste it and then decide how they want why to change it. Why don't we this. add this or take out yes, this or whatever? and then they do yeah. their own strange brew science You're right. That would be, that'd be something where you just love to be a fly on the wall. <laughs> as long as that fly got to have a little of the beer, you know? <laughs> That's what right? I'm saying. Well, I'm going to tell you, I think this is good. And, and in continuing to drink it, now on the finish... I'm getting almost the, like this mango milkshake Mandarin. vibe. Yeah, just just almost like a, a creamy milkshake yeah. vibe on the end. Uh, mm. um, Mandarin on the very end of this, uh, this makes me happy. I like this IPA a lot. Yes, I do too. And it is, um, at least here in Texas, available. I'm sure it's available in um, Louisiana and in Wisconsin as well. And any place else where I'm guessing that you can get either Untitled Art Beers or Parish Brewing Beers. I'm so happy that Parish is available here now. I, oh, me too. I, I remember when uh, Chris Hart came on the show and he was so excited because he had the uh, Ghost in the Machine, which he couldn't get here. Right, right. At that, at that time. And, and now he, you can. And you guys had a slushy. Yes, I remember because he put it in the freezer <laughs> and didn't it take it out in time. And it was, and it was still so good that I yeah. was like, oh my God, this is one of the best I've ever had. Still one so, of the best. Yeah. yeah. Still one of the absolute well, best IPAs out there. Uh, we'll have to have Chris back on the show again. Chris Hart, if you're miss out him. there. We haven't seen him in a while. We miss you, buddy. Where you at? He's off being a, a, an expert and because uh, that's what he does. I need to just randomly call him and, and talk like, what's to, up? Well, you know, there is that telephone thing we have in our pockets all the time now. We come we to find out it works that. in two directions. Yeah, apparently so. All right, uh, let's take a break. We're going to be back. When we return, uh, we're going to do a couple of things. We're going to taste uh, a really interesting wild turkey called Long Branch. It's a Kentucky straight bourbon. We'll be getting into that in the next segment. And then Ian and I are also going to take our shot at Making the perfect black and tan. Shot, 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 Should be good. So we'll be right back. It's smoking and toasting, and we are so glad to have you. Also, don't forget, um, Cigar Snob Magazine's Top 25 Cigars of 2020, coming up. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Smoking and Toasting. It's show number 219. We are talking today about um, uh, how to make a perfect black and tan. And actually, we're going to do that in the next segment because we got a list we got to get to and we got some whiskey to, to taste. And I, uh, I'm afraid <laughs> we've got to leave ourselves enough time in a segment to do this black and tan thing because I have a feeling I may make a mess. It may be just like, uh, I don't know. I don't know how good I'm going to be at this. We haven't uh, even decided how we're going to do it. Do we have enough stuff to do it simultaneously? Yes, yes. Okay. So we've got a couple of pint glasses. We've got a couple of cans of Guinness with the uh, little accelerator thing in that. You would think that knowing that we were going to do black and tans today, I might have actually looked up online how yeah. to make one. Oh, I got, I got the recipe. I, I haven't, so I'm literally following your directions You'll be, you'll be following the directions, and I'll be following the directions from liquor.com. So we'll see. We should... We should have called this Two Bumbling Idiots Make Black and Tans <laughs> as opposed to How to Make the Perfect Black and Tan. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. You'll be, you'll be here with us. It'll, it'll just, be fun. Just, if it's called How to Make the Perfect Black and Tan, we just need to put a question mark yeah. after. How to Make the Perfect <laughs> right. Black and Tan? Question mark, yes. <laughs> um, uh, I, I wanted to just mention before we go any further that this IPA, 
with Parish good. from Parish and Untitled Art. It's real good. It's really, really good. It's real good. Go go buy some. See, Enough it has said. it has the dank and it has all those other things, but it doesn't leave my mouth like with that weird astringency like yeah. that. They got it down. Like that uh, first beer did. Both of these breweries are so good, which is why I was so excited to see what it'd be like, you know, when they teamed up. So yeah, yeah, very, very, very good. All right, I am going to confess to you that while cigar aficionado is, you know, kind of considered the standard, I guess, for cigar magazines, my personal favorite is actually Cigar Snob. I just like them. I like it. They're a little more irreverent, a little less uh, official. But they still have great cigar reviews, and they come up with their own list every year of their best cigars of the year, and they've now been released for 2020. So I thought we'd go over some of this list, and then we'd try some Long Branch from Wild Turkey. What do you think? Sounds good to me. All right, let's do it. Starting at number 25, uh, this is from Cigar Snob Magazine. Their number 25 cigar of the year for 2020 is the Diamond Crown Black Diamond. Now, this is a $19 Robusto. So... Right away, my price to quality goes. Can it? Can it stand can, up? Can it stand to that? up? Yeah. Exactly. But the original Diamond Crown was launched by J.C. Newman in 1996 to commemorate their 100th anniversary. And 20 years later, the Diamond Crown Black Diamond made its review, uh, made its debut. Rather, their panel has been loving the dark, oily wrapper and flavorful profile ever since. It received a 92 when they rated it, mm. and it's number 25 on their list. At number 24, the Perdomo. 20th anniversary Maduro. Good cigar. Yeah, that is a good cigar. And, you know, Perdomo's one of those cigars that I used to smoke a lot of their cigars a few years back. Haven't smoked as many lately. And they've made some major changes to their line. They've really introduced some interesting new things. So, I want to point out Perdomo. Their 10th anniversary cigar is mm -hmm. one they still make and is amazing. And now they're at the 20th. It's a uh, $9.50 cigar, and, uh, and it's also quite good. Now, this is interesting. I... I I feel, and we've talked about this on the show before, I feel like I've been snake bit by Gurkha. I just, like, anytime I'm in the store <laughs> but and, you I, know and I see Gurkha, like, I go, eh, I don't know. But they're making lists. Yes, they are. And this one is on the list at 23, and it sounds like one that I might really like. It's the Gurkha Nicaragua series. It's a $9.95 cigar. It scored a 92 in their ratings, make it, making it the highest rated Gurkha in Cigar Snob ratings ever. I just want to point out I've never had a problem with Gurkha flavor. They're almost always on the lighter side in mm -hmm. general. Even back in the day they had the Beast which was supposed to be their bigger fuller flavored. Right. It was a medium to medium plus right. at the best. But right. it was a good cigar. It was a good cigar. It uh, just fell apart Flavor on wise yeah. their cigars have never had an issue but I just that snake bit thing you talk about like yeah when they start falling apart when you're smoking them yeah. Like I haven't gotten over it yet. I, I had one Gurkha cigar that I'm not kidding it looked like in the cartoons when they give a guy the exploding <laughs> cigar and it blows up and then he's still got it in his mouth. I remember that. Yeah. You had a picture of that. Yeah. Didn't oh, you? It was terrible. It was terrible. And you can't enjoy a cigar at all, no matter how good the flavor is, if it's, uh, well, if you look <laughs> that, like you're, you know, Pepe Le Pew or whoever got you the... A, you should have taken a selfie of that with, yeah. with, with that cigar in your mouth and just a WTF above it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we could put one of those in Bernie's mouth in the meme and make it... Uh, <laughs> Uh, maybe we're good. Uh, this yes, next but one, Bernie, uh, Bernie again is much like like the honey badger. He doesn't give yeah, a. Yeah, it's absolutely right. So he'd probably <laughs> just keep smoking it. Um, uh, at number twenty two is a cigar that I believe may have been on the cigar aficionado list. I know it's on one of the other lists we've looked at recently. It's the La Aurora one hundred and seven Nicaragua. 
And and so I, I remember seeing it on one of the lists and thinking that's really interesting because La Aurora, a great cigar line from the past, but you think of them now as Dominican, milder. You don't think mm, of them necessarily yeah, yeah. as winding up on lists like this. But again, this is Nicaraguan tobacco, so this is something they're doing nice. that's newer, that is perhaps more interesting. At 21, the San Cristobal Revelation. This is the $8.50 San Cristobal. Now, you, you can spend like... Fifteen, seventeen, eighteen dollars for a San yeah. Cristobal, but this one is the one that comes in at eight fifty. It's the original, uh, and it was launched in two thousand and seven. Or the original, um, excuse me, was launched in two thousand and seven. The Revelation came in twenty thirteen, and the look, it's all made at uh, Don Pepin Garcia's my father factory in uh, Esteli. So. You know, there's a lot of good stuff coming out of there. Yeah. You had a figure. At number 20, the Viva La Vida. I know this was on the uh, list for uh, Cigar Aficionado, and mm-hmm. this is one of AJ's uh, cigars coming out of Tabacalera, AJ Fernandez in Nicaragua. And it's uh, it's a really good-looking cigar. i got to go smoke one of those. I haven't, I'm haven't. i an AJ fan, and I haven't had one. And I'm so thrilled that this cigar made the list at number 19. What do we got? So happy. The Aladino Maduro Box Pressed. Man, those are good. They're fantastic. And I, I love seeing uh, Honduran cigars, yeah. you know, doing doing really well. Obviously, Nicaragua is having a time, but... Uh, that Box Press is so good. That and their Lancero mm-hmm. in the Maduro are so amazing. Just really They're good so stuff. Good. Yeah. That Lancero is one of the best Lanceros I've ever had. It's just you know, fantastic. Uh, when we were there, the Lancero, every time we were sitting stable in the place, I was smoking the Lancero. But every mm-hmm. time we had to grab cigars and go somewhere, it was the box press Maduro yes. because it's easier to pocket. That was probably my favorite one of the bunch, though. I just <laughs> love that box back press to that Maduro. Thing. So good. Uh, so good. At 18, the Davidoff Nicaragua. Now, this is a $20 cigar. Ooh, yeah. But I guess what they're saying is it delivers. It's And it's interesting because, you know, again, this is another you cigar. You realize that, you owe them 50 cents every time you say Davidoff, yes, right? I know. That's right. I'll say that's a dollar so far. Uh, so no, we uh, when you think of this brand, you think of much more mellow, Connecticut, you know, easygoing. But Complex, they do, though. They, yeah, they do have a really great standard quality. And they do also put out a few uh, in their line that are much more... Um, you know, full bodied, and and uh, this is one of those, the Davidoff Nicaragua. I'm going to give out. I'm going to give a tasting tip. If you're smoking anything made by Davidoff, uh-huh. think Highland uh, for your Scotch. Okay, there you go. Even even for something heavier like the Nicaragua. Mm, I, yeah, I haven't had the Nicaragua. Okay. Wait, did I do the Nicaragua? I feel like I may have. Mm-hmm. I'll have to go back and look at All my right. notes. This next one, I know you've had. We both had. In fact, you gave me one of these. Uh, and I just enjoyed every freaking minute of it. Was it a Philly Blunt? No, it oh. was the Placencia Almafuerte. Oh, those are so good. <laughs> Such a great cigar, those right? Those are so uh, good. And it's uh, number 17 on the list. Now, that's a $22 cigar. And it's I'm worth gonna, every I'm going to tell penny. you, if you're going to spend $22 on a cigar, Placencia, I'd go with baby. that over the Davidoff. I really would. Um, uh, the Tatuaje Reserva Miami, mm. uh, coming in at $12 and number 16 out of My Father's Cigars in Miami. And... Uh, uh, that'll take us to a good pausing point, I think. Fifteen cigars to go on the list, and maybe it's time for a little Long Branch. Now, Ian, read me that from the label because it talks about why the name is Long Branch for the Wild Turkey Long Branch uh, bourbon. Well, I think it's on the front. It talks about the wood, right? It uh, says, small batch aged in American oak, yeah. expertly crafted. Uh, oak and Texas mesquite charcoal refined. Okay, so it's Texas mesquite charcoal that's what I was thinking, that they use to refine this. So, um, you know, Texas Mesquite's a very 
It's a very aromatic wood. I mean, I love oh, big time. using mesquite on the grill because uh, a lot of people use hickory, which is great. I love using mesquite on the grill because I love the flavor that it infuses in, like barbecue chicken and and some of the other uh, uh, kind of meats that you would that you would uh, grill it with. So I think it's gonna be interesting to see how. Ooh, that was nice, subtle but nice. Oh, I think it's gonna be interesting to see how this uh, this stands up. And you know, we were talking about this during the break, but you know, while turkey kind of has had the image in the past of this is kind of like your grandfather's, grandfather's uh, yeah, yeah. yeah bourbon you know so i'll tell you i i have a history with some wild turkey uh on new year's not new year's christmas eve in my household we all used to go out to what we called manland which was the garage <laughs> manland i like that and uh and we would smoke and drink whiskey and it was always wild turkey. Now, here's a funny thing about that. Always wild turkey, though, not something else. It was always wild turkey. And the funny thing about that is my dad never drank wild turkey. I never saw him drink it other than Christmas Eve. Hmm. Um, we polished off many bottles. I never remember him ever going and buying bottles, but there was always a bottle for Christmas Eve. Hmm. Interesting. So sneaky dad thing about that, right, that I put yeah. together in later years. Uh, and we always used to shoot it. Yeah. God, that stuff will tear you up when you shoot it like that. Oh, it's bet. 101 yeah. proof, yeah. and it, it's just. And I always thought, man, wild turkey, you know. And I have great memories attached to it. We used to just have a great time. Um, but man, I'd never thought, wow, what a great whiskey until I stopped one time, and sipped it. And you're talking just and regular just, wild turkey, right? Yes, and just stopped and tasted it, and went, you know what? This is. Good. Some good stuff going this on. This is here. good, yeah. good whiskey. Your basic wild turkey 101, everyone calls it, is great. And uh, then uh, I've branched out and I've tried a few of these, but the long branch I have not tried. I've tried the uh, Forgiven. I think I brought it on the show. So I good. I believe you did, yes. So good. We've had a couple of other of their expressions as well. <clears throat> well, this is, uh, this is a new one for you then. This, this is long branch. And, you know, I can kind of smell that wood. Uh, a the little oakiness, bit. the right oakiness the to it. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I don't know if I smell mesquite, but I definitely get the oakiness on the nose. Mm. So, oh, oh, it keeps developing. It sure does. Oh wow, it keeps going. Okay, this is all off the first sip. Okay, um, wow, this does a lot. It's so the initial really flavor punch on this is caramel. Hmm. Yes. And cinnamon. Caramel and cinnamon. If you like caramel and cinnamon, you're going to like this one. Yeah. And it's really um, <clears throat> followed by a real um, maple oaky yeah, uh, sweetness vibe to it. Maple yes. and oak, uh, maple syrup and oak. And then that lingering sweetness is so good. And then there's that. There's the mesquite right there at the very end. Yes. It's this, it's this little astringency that you get. And if you haven't had mesquite smoked food, you might not recognize. You this. might not recognize what that is, but mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a, a bitter astringency to it, and also there's a little tiny heart like of smokiness in the retrohale that's really precious. It it does come, yeah, it does become more smoky on the retrohale. You don't get a lot of smoke, and it's not a peated kind of smoke at all. It's a it's a much more mesquite no. kind of smoke. You this know? is a this is a. Uh, I, I want. I'm going to use the word barbecue, but it's the wrong word. Okay, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. because and especially if you're in southern states where you smoke a lot of meats. Okay, I don't think they do that as much up north, but uh, in the southern states where you smoke a lot of meats, what that means is you put it on a smoker. The firebox is off to the side. 
Mm-hmm. There's no direct heat whatsoever. You you're let the fire burn, smoke. and you're just putting the heat and the smoke from the fire mm-hmm. travels through the chamber where the meat is. Um, and that is the smell. Like when you walk by after they have one of those uh, uh, smokers up hot and mm-hmm. running ready to go, that's a little bit of what you get on this uh, retro hail on this. This is a delicious whiskey. It really is. Like I'm loving the complexity that happens there's a, well after you've swallowed your sip. There's a big sip. oak dryness that happens yes. in the end of the palate, too, that is absolutely... You know what? The cinnamon... I can't stop talking about all these things. The cinnamon and the um, and the maple syrup in there, like those two things together, I mean, it's that this is like having a, a... Like, almost like, you know, when you pour... When you pour on, on a French toast, you pour the maple syrup and that powdered yes. uh-huh. sugar. Um, yes. Yes, absolutely. I I think what I find interesting about this is that most whiskeys, most bourbons, the complexity and and the combining and blending of the flavors happens most when it's on the palate, and then when you swallow, there'll be a thing on the finish. With this, the complexity is actually in the finish. It's after you've swallowed that you're getting all of these different flavors. And and they're bringing the complexity into your brain along with a very tender whiskey hug. Yes, it's not very intense. No, it's, it's just beautiful. very. And this very is at forty three percent, so slightly overproof. It also has Matthew McConaughey's signature on it. Yeah, I do think this is one of the ones Eddie that he Russell was in, and uh, Matthew McConaughey. I, I do think this is one of the ones he was involved in. I saw him on a, a talk show or something at some point, and he said that he they you know he got involved in. Wild Turkey, I think he became an investor, and they they used his name. And and anyway, he was telling me how, not telling me personally, but he was telling the interviewer how they um, they were sending all these samples to his house for him to taste. Nice. He was just surrounded by all these, you know, white label Wild Turkey samples as they were trying different, you know, different things and different aging combinations Worst and stuff. Problem. Yeah, ever. I was gonna say. You know, <laughs> uh, we don't have much to complain about here on smoking and toasting, but where do I apply for that job? Um, so anyway, it's yeah. I think this is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I would. Uh, what is the price on this? Uh, it's around. I was just double checking it to make sure I'm right. It's around a thirty-five dollar oh, bottle. So you one hundred percent badass. You could then. go. You you could find it for you know closer to forty. You might even find it for a little under. But I would say, uh, I would say about thirty-five dollars is what you should at, expect. At to forty pay. bucks. If we rounded it to forty and said this is a forty-dollar bottle, this is yeah. an outstanding forty-dollar bottle. It's even better at thirty-five if you think about it, because that puts it almost in that. Lower price I, bourbon uh, I, category. I love their wild turkey forgiven, and I think that's the fifty dollar bottle. Mm-hmm. And this is that kind of good, mm-hmm. you know, easily. So, well, Matthew McConaughey scores again. You know, all he, right, he, all right. He was he was kind of like thought of as a weird dude for the first chunk of his uh, of his uh, career, and you know, there were stories about him, you know. Sitting outside naked playing the bongos outside of his house, and you know, that he didn't bathe and things like that. And somehow he's transformed that image. He's now, he's, he's now he like the coolest Lincolns. guy ever, you know. And he, he sells Lincoln. Have you ever seen his um, commencement speech? If you look for it on YouTube, he gives a commencement speech to uh, some graduating class of a year or two ago. It's outstanding. Like it's oh, you'll, you'll watch it, you'll get all like energized and fired up and go, bring me some of that. 
whiskey. <laughs> but I want to drive just, a Lincoln and drink great. wild turkey. And, and there's something about him. And, you know, my wife and I have actually been going back and watching a number of his movies. Like, are there any Matthew McConaughey movies we haven't seen? And he's got a few duds, but... I tell you what, most of them are pretty good. You know, he's uh, he's done well for himself. So anyway, here's to you, Matthew, and here's to the uh, the Long Branch. It's Long, long Branch, branch right? Yes. I'm, I'm looking at the back of the bottle. The the Long Branch, Wild Turkey, Long Branch. This goes on the recommended list for sure. Uh, all right, let's uh, let's do a few more of these cigars from this list, Ian, uh, as we round out this segment. Uh, we're into the 15s now, number, or we're into the mid-teens. At number 15, it's a cigar that you, I think you've talked about this cigar as much as any other cigar you've ever smoked on the uh, and done on the show. What do we got? The Superfly Maduro by Oscar Valderas. I love that cigar. Yeah, I know. It's a favorite of yours. All right, Oscar Valderas, man, the Superfly and the Leaf Maduro and mm-hmm. the, um, the 2012. and man. Superfly may have the coolest band on Superfly, any cigar. Superfly, but not only is it a cool band... What a great cigar! I have. Yeah, it really I is. always keep some in my humidor. I have two in my humidor right now. Uh, the uh, it's a Mexican San Andres wrapper, a Honduran binder, and filler from Nicaragua, Honduras, and the Dominican Republic. It's a nine dollar cigar, and they rated it ninety two in uh, in cigar snob. So uh, glad to see it come in at number yeah. fifteen on the list. Superfly is uh, great. At number fourteen, the aging room, aging room Pura Sepa. Uh, this I don't think I've had a number of aging room cigars. I don't know if if I've had the Pura it's manufactured by Placencia. Uh, it's all Nicaraguan. It's a Nicaraguan puro, and it's twelve about twelve seventy uh, in the price for the cigar. The Aging Room brand they say initially launched with the M three fifty six line at the end of twenty eleven. They were known uh, from day one for their very Dominican dominant brands, but today the majority of their releases come from Nicaragua, uh, including this one. The Pura Sepa is uh, manufactured by Placencia, and they say it delivers a beautifully balanced profile, loaded with flavor and aroma. So I got to try the Pura Sepa. I haven't. I've, I've had almost every cigar in their line, I think, but I, I don't think I've had had that one. I don't think I have either. The uh, Hoya de Nicaragua Numero Uno comes in at number 13. It is a Lancero, uh, and it is um, uh, 1660. So that's a little pricey. It, it may not actually be a Lancero, but it's a very thin cigar. Uh, that may be a little pricey for one of those, but uh, they basically, uh, this is one of the ones that has come out since Drew Estate took over Hoya de Nicaragua. Okay. And uh, it is it was rated in 92, and it's a 6 and 7 eighths by 48. So it's, it's not that thin. Uh, it just looks that way in the in the picture because it's so it's, it's fairly long. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's a forty eight ring gauge. So that's not that's not as thin as I was uh, thinking. Now the next one is a little bit thin, depending on which uh, which one you get. But I'm so excited it's on this list. The AJ Fernandez Bella Artes Maduro. Yeah, gotta be my favorite cigar of the last year. I, that's I just a great absolutely cigar. love this. My favorite size is the short Churchill, mm-hmm. which it's only like a forty four ring gauge. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just it's just spectacular. In fact. It's funny, I haven't bought any of them in a while, and this last week I was digging around in the humidor, and I moved aside a couple of other cigars and found one of those still left in the bottom, and I was like, oh, I'm having this. And And it just reminded me again. Of why I had gone on such a kick for those for a while because it's just absolutely fantastic. So that's number twelve, uh, number eleven on the list. The HVC Edition Especial twenty fifteen. I have not had this cigar. In fact, I don't know if I've ever even seen this cigar. Uh, but it's uh, established by 
Rainier Lorenzo HVC Cigars is one of the more exciting young cigar companies of the last 10 years, they say. They've uh, it got a 93, and they say it's gotten the HVC Cigars have gotten um, consistently high marks in their uh, in their ratings uh, at uh, at Cigar Stop. At number 10 is the Warped La Colmena, another one that I have not had. It is an Ecuadorian cigar, and uh, it retails for five. What? No, I'm sorry. Fifteen ninety-five. I was going to say five ninety-five. It's like, woo! I'm going to get. I'm some. buying boxes. <clears throat> so, guess what's in number nine? The Liga Pravada T52 that I that <laughs> I just talked you, about yeah, today. I did had. not know this was on the list, uh, uh, but they they show it as a fifteen dollars cigar. They rated it in ninety-three. They say it's been a favorite there since it was released. At number eight, the Rocky Patel Quarter Century. Rocky's got so many cigars now. I'm starting to have trouble like keeping them apart, right. but I don't think I've had the Quarter Century, uh, so I'm going to have to check that one out. Casa Cuba, Divine Inspiration. It's uh, from Tabacalero uh, Arturo Fuente in the Dominican, uh, but the wrapper's Ecuadorian, and it's Dominican binder and I've filler. I've never seen that one. Uh, it's eight ninety nine. They rated it in ninety three. Casa Cuba, nice. Divine Inspiration. At number six. The Padron, 1964 Anniversary Maduro. <clears throat> what's That's interesting? A great. Yes, cigar. and what's interesting to me about this one is that this is only number six. Yeah. So there's five cigars like, to come. If that's number six, what the yeah. heck is coming? Which we're going to get to in the next segment. There's five cigars to come, which will be cigars that outranked those uh, in the uh, in in the rankings. So uh, anxious to get to that, and we will do so. You're listening to and watching Smoking and Toasting, and coming up next. Drinking news plus Ian and Cruz try to make the perfect black and tan. The perfect. Let's see how that goes. Back, ladies and gentlemen, it's Smoking and Toasting, show number 219, uh, and we are so thrilled to be here. Craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars is what we're all about. We are brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. They are big supporters of the show, so please be big supporters of them, and uh, if you do, you'll get some really cool t-shirts and sweatshirts and stuff, because they, they got them. They're online with uh, great stuff for cigar lovers at MyCigarShirts.com. Want to say uh, hola to our uh, tequila expert, Liliana, who is... Uh, Watching the show today. She's super awesome. She's awesome. I want to have her back on just because I thought she was awesome. Like I, I'll have to. We'll have to make up a reason uh, to talk to Keila again with her because she was just so incredible. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. So on this segment, uh, you know, we're going to do drinking news here in just a moment. But but after that, but I don't. We don't really make a lot of drinks on the show. No, not usually. We sip a lot of uh, things. We you know we taste a lot of things. Usually, if a drink is going to be made on the show, we get somebody like Chris Morris to come in and, and make it, our resident cocktail expert and bartender here on the show. I mean, why make your own drinks if you can get somebody else right. to? Right. But today, we're going to do something that's pretty unique, is that Ian and I are going to be attempting to actually make something, and thankfully, it's something that looks like it's pretty easy. It's the perfect black and tan. Of course, it includes the word perfect, so I don't know how easy it's going to be. So we'll get to that in just a moment, but first... It's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time <clears throat> for drinking news. So grab a cup while we gather round. Saddle up while we drink them down. 
got a story and I swear it's true. So now it's time for drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news, drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. A Florida man with one arm said he had a gator for a pet. And I asked about his one arm, he said, I had to take my gator to the vet. Drinking news, drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. And just a reminder for the Cheers, uninitiated. Y'all. Cheers, y'all. Uh, just a reminder for the uninitiated that drinking news is not always, although very often, a story about drinking. But it is always a story that you probably will enjoy the most if you have been uh, drinking. So today's drinking news <laughs> for show number 219, a Florida man. Uh, we, always, we always get a little extra excited when it's a Florida man, and it so often is. <clears throat> a Florida man called 911 to alert police to a possible kidnapping when he heard cries from his neighbor's house. According to Palm Beach County de- deputies, and by the way, this we do swear this is true, just like the song says. I got a story and I swear it's true. This appeared in the newspaper, which doesn't necessarily make it true, but it helps. According to Palm Beach County deputies, the man heard cries of, Let me out! Let me out! Oh! 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 <laughs> so he did what any responsible neighbor would do. He figured something's up, and he immediately called the police. When deputies arrived to investigate, they discovered that the cries were not from a woman in danger, but from the neighbor's pet parrot, Rambo. (laughs) I think we have a photo of Rambo uh, that we can uh, put up here. If you want to take a look at Rambo, there he is. <laughs> uh, and uh, here's, uh, I think, Rambo with his with his owner. Also, we can we can put that one up as well. So, um, yeah. Reason why he's holding a chicken wing? I have no idea. Uh, maybe that's what Rambo likes to eat. I have no idea. He's holding a chicken wing. Adam says in in the photo. I don't know. This is the photo I got from the story. So, <laughs> so where did he learn these words? The man, the cops, and the neighbor all had a good laugh. But as I was about to say, of course, you have to wonder, since parrots <laughs> repeat things they've heard humans say. It's like, hmm, what is it? Our city hall used to say things that make you go, hmm. <laughs> and that's today's drinking news. Drinking news. Drinking news. Now it's time for drinking news. And it may be time to do some serious drinking here. Cheers, y'all. Cheers, y'all. Thanks for uh, thanks for indulging us for drinking news. I'm going <laughs> to open up the bass because... Because bass. Because bass. Uh, and I'll tell you a quick story about bass. Uh, bass was like my best friend Dave's favorite beer forever and ever. Uh, I think he may have some new favorites that he's gotten into. But he's always been a bass guy. And he was the guy that kind of... I, I'd, I'd had it before, but he was the guy that kind of got me on a bass uh, kick for a while. Because he always had them at his house. And it was either that or the Golden Monkey. When uh, I've told you that story, right? <clears throat> we, uh, When we used to live near Philadelphia, uh, and he lived there as well... We would go to Victory and we would get those uh, the Golden Monkey. We would get the we would get the uh, multi packs that had oh, yeah, an assortment yeah. of beers. Only the thing is, neither Dave or I really cared for the Golden Monkey. 
I know, I know, delicious. I know you like it, but Dave and I were just like, yeah, not, not really our thing. So over time, his refrigerator became filled with Golden Monkey because neither one of us would drink it. <laughs> We'd open up the refrigerator, oh, we get a beer. Oh, it's all Golden Monkey. So, uh, but anyway, uh, these days, as you were talking about earlier in the show, though, the way my palate has probably changed, well, I might like a Golden Monkey. You might, yeah. I wound up liking uh, Lawnmower, which wasn't my favorite uh, early on, but uh, but now. I absolutely dig it. Okay, <clears throat> now it is time for Ian and I to do our best to make the perfect black and tan. I've actually never done this, all so right. I am taking your orders here. Yeah. All right. So let me so let me read you what it says. This is from an article from Liquor.com. It says this layered beer drink made of half stout, generally Guinness, and half pale ale, often Bass. Uh, works because the stout is less dense than the ale, so it floats atop the lighter color beer, creating a two-tone pint that's the obvious source of the drink's name. The slow pour over the back of a spoon is essential for getting this pint to look just right. So that's why I brought from my wife's silverware drawer two plain, normal, everyday spoons. And I brought a couple of pint glasses. Ian's going to be spoon. Ian's going to be pouring his beer into a. Uh, Pint glass, what is that, from uh, Firestone Walker? Is that your pint yes, glass? Yes, I got the Firestone yeah. Walker one. And mine is uh, a pint glass of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who coincidentally have a quarterback named Tom Brady who's going to his 10th Super Bowl next week. Who? Yeah, exactly. Never heard of him. Exactly. So, okay, so here's what, it's important to note they say that the name also had political overtones in Ireland and not good ones. The black and tans were English parliamentary soldiers who were accused of some of the worst atrocities against the Irish during the Irish War of Independence during the early 1920s. <laughs> good to know. Yeah. So, yeah. so we're drinking like exactly. our, our modern-day equivalent of, let's have a Nazi. Yeah. Their, their nickname came from their uniforms, which were a combination of black and khaki. If you absolutely must satisfy a craving for this drink while in Ireland, don't ask for a black and tan. Ask for a half and half. I actually uh, knew it as a half and half mm -hmm. until someone called it a black and tan years yeah. ago. Then they say at the pub you should get the same drink or possibly a harp lager and Guinness similarly uh, layered without offending your bartender or fellow patrons. Ian, there are two steps to this drink recipe. Only two. I'll tell you what they both are, and then we'll try doing them, okay? All right. Number one, add the pale ale into a pint glass, filling it halfway. So that's the bass. Number two... You very slowly pour the stout over the back of a spoon to fill the glass, floating it on top of the ale for a layered effect. So we start with the bass. That's good. I'll pour mine. I figured if you and I were going to actually attempt to make something on the show, it needed to be something that looked this easy. Can we do, can we do something fun, though? Um, sure. As this is a pint, and we have pint glasses, uh, can we use just one of the uh, stouts for this? Sure. Because I want to show people how to actually pour this beer properly. Oh, well, that's that's fine. There should be plenty in there. So I'll let you go first. Go ahead and open uh, the Guinness. I noticed you took mine to open. I did. <laughs> uh, you heard the little extra little noise there. So this has the little uh, nitrous, nitrous? Mm -hmm. ball in the middle of it. So then I pour it gently over the spoon. Yeah, gently, it says, over the back of the spoon. So upside down, just like that. The idea be, being that I guess the spoon helps it not like, you know, plunge too deeply into the pale ale. Now I mean, I'm I'm seeing I'm seeing the Guinness, but it looks like all foam to me. Maybe it's not. Pretty gentle. Yeah, and that's I guess another of the reasons for doing it that way. So I'm gonna 
tailor the angle of the spoon see if I get a little less foam. Although I don't think foam is going to be totally bad on this. Now, I don't know if we're doing this right, Ian, because I'm not seeing much difference. I'm seeing the two beers kind of melding well, I together. I see a big difference there. Do you? Maybe I'm just not looking at it right. Okay, yeah, I, I can see it a little bit. All right. All right, now, come on. That's a pretty damn good black and tan. Look at this. Mm -hmm. Let me hold this up to the camera. Can we tilt that camera down a little bit so we can see? Look at that. Hold on. Let me get, there we go. Black on top, tan, and the... The Can't line the is yeah. right about yeah, you there. Can, you can see that there. Let me now. I'm going to try this on my That's end. That's pretty with good. I don't know if I got enough uh, pale ale. Let me pour just a little bit more. There we go. All right. So yeah, the secret apparently is the slow pour across the back of the spoon. I'm I, I'm kind of impressed with myself here. Look at you, Mr. Fancy Black and Tan Man. <laughs> it takes a little concentration to keep the pour steady. It does, down. doesn't it? Okay. All right. Now, that actually looks pretty good, Ian. I got to tell you. All right. Did so, you, did you just lick the spoon? <laughs> I did. Mm. So, <clears> how <throat> did the Black and Tans turn out? I think pretty good. I'm seeing, you know, mine I'm holding mine up to the light and you can see. A definite. Uh, Mine looks like a black. Look at if you look line. at the if mm -hmm. you look at the one with the uh, camera shot with me and you could see that line mm -hmm. right there. Look at that. That is pretty. And there's mine. If you want to take a look at that, that's uh, trying to see if I can get it to catch the light appropriately, so you can see. All right. Well, so it's been a while since I've even had a black and tan. So I'm looking. Cheers, y'all. Cheers to you, sir. Good this idea. A, you did. You did a nice so that job. Was so, uh, so one of the techniques I used. Is I held the spoon ever so slightly against the glass itself. Yes, I, I kind of did the same thing so that it would uh, it would like diffuse it a little more as it went in. So, oh yeah, that's delicious. It Come kind of on. is, isn't it? <laughs> that's a good beer. You, got, you gotta just like that. Well, you know, Guinness. And by the way, I saw when I was picking up because I went to uh, Specs to get the bass and the Guinness, and I saw. In the cooler, actually, where I, next to where I bought these Guinness cans of just regular Guinness draft, they had their Baltimore Blonde. Their Baltimore Blonde is awesome. Yeah, so we've it's talked about beer. that on the show. We haven't actually ever done an on-show tasting. Oh, of we it. haven't. No, it's yeah, good but, beer. But we should we should do that because it's all right. So uh, I tell you what, next week, yeah. next week I got I've got a couple things in my fridge that I've really been Jones mm -hmm. to bring. Okay, mm -hmm. Carbach has a new beer out. I'm, yes. I'm just going to tease that. Okay. I and think I may know which one you're now, talking about. Now, here's the deal with Carbach, okay? <clears throat> I'm not always reaching for Carbach. I think they're newer beers, and ever since ABMF took it over, I don't really want to put money in ABMF's uh, pockets. But I will always try a new beer when they come out. Their conservation ale was outstanding. It was outstanding. We're going to try this new beer next week. A new Carbach, okay. new Carbach. I also have... Have you tried it yet? Yes. Okay. I also have a beer from Open Gate Brewing, which is the Guinness uh, Brewing in, uh, in Baltimore. Baltimore. Yes, yes. And <clears> is it the a, Baltimore Blonde or is it a different? No, one? it's a barrel aged. Oh, and it is. It would, it would, let me bring next week's okay. beers. Okay, Ian's bringing the beers next week. You just do gotta, you have one of the Blondales? Or the, uh, I, I do not, but I can okay. get that if you want me to bring that. I'll, I'll if bring you it. bring that, well, let's let's have a little fun with all this. Right. But you just have, we just have to have at least one beer on the show. That's lower than uh, 14% ABV. 
Okay. <laughs> uh, we can we can make that happen. <laughs> okay. All right. So I Fair actually uh, I actually didn't use my uh, Guinness espresso because I want to show now, everyone something. I don't have another pint glass. These are the only two pint glasses I brought. So you might have to drain that one in order to challenge accepted, ladies and gentlemen. This is a man who, you know, he'll do what it takes to make the show. Now that I've needs emptied the pint glass, so you look how I, look how little I've had. This is like me and my wife. I usually drink like so much faster than my wife. She eats faster than I do, but I drink faster than her. All right. What does that mean? I'm going to do this, okay? I'm going to put this beer on the... Uh, right where Mr. Twirligate Mr. Twirligate would normally thing, okay? go. Now, yes. keep in mind, my glass had a black and tan in there, so you're not seeing a, this super clear glass that you're used to seeing, but it's Guinness, and it's... I want to show everybody... Mm -hmm. Adam, <clears> you're going to have to do a little camera switching here. I want to show everybody... When you buy a Guinness Draft Stout, the Guinness in a can, which is delicious, by the way, mm -hmm. it has a nitrous ball in there that infuses it as soon as you open it. That's the little fizzy you hear. I want to show you how to pour this into a glass the proper way to make an awesome Guinness, okay? This is going to alarm you, and don't try this with other beers because <laughs> you will make a mess. Okay. This works with Guinness, okay? So here's And only Guinness in the can, right? Yeah, don't don't do this with Guinness in a bottle. Don't try yeah. this with you know buried hatchet stout. It's not going to work. This works with Guinness nitro, okay? Mm -hmm. Guinness draft stout with the nitrous, okay? So watch, uh, camera on me here. I'm going to pop the beer. Oop! I just flipped the other thing. Dang it! Twice. Now you can you hear can that hear the nitrous nitro. work, right? Yeah, yeah. Now, still camera on me. Watch this. Here's how we pour a Guinness out of a can. Wow. Now I'm going to put this over on the other camera. Now this is interesting because you're not moving it as it fills. I literally dumped the can upside down into the glass and left it. Now is there a reason why this works with Guinness and not with other beers? It's the nitro. It's the nitro. Okay. It's the nitro. Now you notice, if, you, if your camera's still over here, you notice that I'm leaving this sit here for a second. Now you see it settled here? Mm -hmm. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to slowly lift it. And I'm so gonna keep it doing settled, this. but some of the beer was still in the can. Oh yeah, it didn't. Uh, it didn't move the can up on and its I'm own. And I'm slowly bringing the can up, so it doesn't get super foamy. Yes, but you've got a nice head on there, which is important. Guinness, you need a nice head on your Guinness, but you yes. don't want you don't want to just you dump it, it in hard for be all foam, right? So I'm letting it settle for a minute, right before the end. Where did you learn this? <clears throat> I know your wife is a Guinness lover. Did she teach these? No, I showed her this. Uh, I, a friend of mine showed me this years ago. Do you see that? That Guinness does look like right a there? real perfect bite of Guinness. That now, is how you pour the can of Guinness. Now, I I think it's a great instructional thing, but I'm wondering if you didn't do it just so you could drink another Guinness. Well, because <laughs> it's poured now. I mean, you know, uh, somebody's well. going to have to yes. drink it. Look right. at the head on that Guinness. Wow. All right, Ian, let me, uh, as we round out this segment, let me give you the top five while you enjoy a Guinness. And I continue to enjoy the black and tan, which has uh, merged a little bit now. But it's That's still, still got, tan on the bottom, though. Still That's got pretty more awesome. tan on the bottom, yeah. Um, uh, let, me, let me bring you these last five cigars on the Cigar Snob list. Are you getting uh, feedback on your... Uh, Oh, oh, I got uh, nothing yet. Oh, okay. I thought maybe 
thought maybe they'd be chiming in. Mine seems all. to run a little behind. Yeah, well, there's always a delay, you know, that, that happens. So, All right, let's do these top five cigars while you enjoy that Guinness. All right. Um, number five, the Mi Querida Triqui Traca. I am completely unfamiliar uh, with this I cigar. I don't know any of those Mi things you said. Mi Querida, Q-U-E-R-I-D-A. I've Mi seen Querida. it. Uh, it's about a $12 cigar. Uh, it is from Nicaraguan American Cigars. That's the manufacturer in Nicaragua. Uh, they say that it's an offshoot of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust's original Miquieta line. You can tell them apart by the band color. Is the original is navy and gold, and the Triqui Traca is garnet and gold. Uh, brand owner Steve Saka has employed catchy and memorable names for all of his brands, although many are difficult to pronounce for non-Spanish speakers. <laughs> um, uh, so Micarita is a term com uh, commonly used to mean my mistress, while triquitraca is Nicaraguan slang for fireworks or firecrackers. Uh, Nicaraguan closing ceremonies often involve setting off a string of firecrackers. So triquitraca is a reference to the sound that they make when they pop. So it's basically my mistress who's a firecracker. That's what the, uh, ah. that's what the, uh, that's what the uh, cigar is about. So the triquitraca comes in at number five. They don't say a lot about the taste, but they tell an interesting story of where it got its name. Uh, at number four, uh, the Aganorsa Leaf Connecticut. Interesting, a Connecticut... Uh a Connecticut wrapper cigar in the top five, uh, but it's a uh, seven to eight dollar cigar. They even say it's not often that a, a Connecticut wrapped cigar reaches these heights on our an annual list, but this one really is packing a lot of flavorful and strong uh, tobacco in this cigar and then covering it with a mild Connecticut shade wrapper. They say most of the time when you do that, the wrapper flavor gets lost, and in the worst cases, the blend goes completely off balance. But Aganorsa was able to navigate this dilemma thanks to an enviable stockpile of aged tobacco. So you've got hardier tobacco in the cigar and the lighter Connecticut uh, shade wrapper around it. And they managed to not have it just blow that away, basically. Nice. Aganorsa uh, makes great cigars. They really do. And they're in at number four. Uh, at number three, the Oliva Siri V or Siri 5 Melanio Maduro. Uh, uh, it's That's just an outstanding cigar. Uh, the Figurado's $15 and worth every penny. At two, and i got to try one of these. I've read about it, have not smoked one. Number two is the My Father Fonseca. So good. Uh, so you've had one of these. So good, Okay, yeah. so talk to me about this. This was So like, the, the Fonseca is a little bit more of everything you get from my father. Yeah. Uh, my father's cigars are hard to go wrong with. Oh, in they the really first are. Place. But Fonseca, and I've always loved Fonseca as a sort of a, a a heritage brand. But this is this is really taking them to another height, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, it's more complex. Uh, it's a little bit bigger profile. It's it's just an outstanding cigar. At number one, this is really interesting. This Ooh. wasn't on my radar at all. The Espinosa La Raña Reserva Escuro Ooh. from the San Latino factory in Nicaragua. The La Raña uh, is a cigar that was unanimously, it said it unanimously wowed their tasting panel every time they tasted it. Impeccably box pressed Maduro, put through the blind tasting ringer over and over, rose to the top each time. They gave it a 94, and it is their number one cigar snob magazine 
a cigar of the year for 2020. I've I have, had Naranya, but I don't think I've had that cigar. I, I have not had this one at all. So The first Naranya I ever had is actually we picked it up at the Big Smoke. Oh, I think that's right. There yeah. was some in that uh, grab bag. Yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to uh, trying a number of these cigars from this list. You can find them at CigarSnobMag.com. You uh, don't have to have a subscription to get in and see the whole list, so it's definitely worth it. How's that Guinness, buddy? Haven't tried it yet. All right, you can get on to that because we've actually got another beer to try. We've got one more beer left in our final segment here on Smoking and Toasting. We will be tasting one that I'm actually real anxious actually really anxious to hear your take on, Ian. It's Westbrook. Westbrook. It's not like I've had a blanket. That's a good Guinness. Westbrook Brewing Company. Uh, it's the 10th anniversary peanut butter hazel nut marshmallow stout. So we'll get to that. Can you handle another beer? Yeah. We'll do it next. It's smoking and toasting. Challenge accepted. Show number 219. I'm sorry, did I drink the Guinness already? I think it's gone, yes. <laughs> Welcome back. It's Smoking and Toasting. It is the program that's all about craft beer, fine spirits, and hand-rolled cigars. Show number 219 brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com because... Cigars. Yep, let's do it. All right. Ian is uh, is topping... That That cap actually rolled off your arm and down towards the carpeted <laughs> that was pretty floor. pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome. Even though, we, even though it didn't create a sound effect, it was pretty awesome. Ian's pouring our final beer here, this? which is... Uh, yeah, which is looking pretty this interesting. This looks like Texas gold, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> so, so this beer is um, one that has uh, I've, I've had for a month or two, uh, and it is a Westbrook Brewing Company, which is easier to say when you haven't had any of their beers. Uh, Westbrook Brewing <clears throat> Company's 10th anniversary peanut butter hazelnut marshmallow Stout. Westbrook Brewing Company. Imperial Stout brewed with peanut butter, hazelnut, marshmallow, and vanilla. 10% alcohol by volume. Are you trying to get me drunk? <laughs> well, I'm already your hey, friend. I'm not the guy that downed the Guinness in one uh, gulp. There. I'm already your friend. I'm probably not wearing pants right now anyway. <laughs> well, generally you aren't, so, uh, so that's the thing. But For uh, our 10th no. anniversary, we imagine a nutty, roasty, and gooey combination of peanut butter, roasted hazelnuts, and marshmallows. Thanks, uh, thank you for all the fabulous uh, ten fabulous years. So, and these guys, uh, Westbrook Brewing Company. Um, I didn't write it down in my show notes. I usually do, but can you look on the bottle? Where are these guys from, Ian? It should tell us there on the bottle. Um, Westbrook Brewing Company, Westbrook, is... Connecticut, maybe. Uh, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Oh, I was completely wrong. Westbrook Brewing Company, Mount Pleasant, South Carolina. Holy, yeah, you you were in the neighborhood, nowhere holy near it. Moly. Have you tasted this? No, I haven't tasted it yet. Okay. I'm, I'm in, just, I'm I'm in just gonna, anticipation. I'm just going to wait and let you taste it because then then we got to talk. This is pretty fresh. This is a 12 7 uh, 20. Mm-hmm. It's when it was made. It smells yeah, I think great. I got, like I think the I peanut got it butter around, smell. I think I got it around Christmas time. Oh, my gosh. The so, hazelnut and peanut butter. So I'm just going to tell you, a lot of times when they try to put peanut butter into beer, I feel like it doesn't really work all that well. In this case... It works splendidly. This is a showstopper. <laughs> it really is, isn't it? And this is coming out after a show where we had like one of the greatest IPAs we've ever had, perhaps, on the show. That's from Untitled Art and Parish. We had the uh, the whiskey from Wild Turkey, the Long Branch, which we were very impressed with. We actually were pretty impressed with ourselves with the black and tans. <laughs> <laughs> and now 
uh, a showstopper of a beer. This is, I will tell you, this is about a, it's about a $30 bottle of beer. Mm. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you, I believe it's living up to it. I mean, if let, me, think, let me put this on the price to quality. At yeah. $30 for a 750 mil of this beer, mm-hmm. at $30, I'm going to put this at least at a five because holy smoke balls, Batman. Listen, if you think about it this way, some people say, well, why would you spend $30 for a you know, for a 750 milliliter bottle of beer. Think about it like this. Think about it like... How much is a bottle of champagne? Yeah, exactly. You're buying a bottle of champagne. You're buying a bottle of wine, like a really nice wine. You, even even if your normal wine price is closer to $10, every now and then you're going to go, you know, let's buy a little more expensive. Let's let's celebrate. Let's splurge. Let's buy a nicer let's, bottle let's of Let's imagine... So that's, that's how I look at something Let's imagine like we just sat down and we had a steak dinner mm-hmm. that we put on the grill. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then we uh, top that off with a, a dark chocolate mousse. Oh, dude! And then <laughs> and I then said, you, you know this. what? Yeah. Here we go. And I crack this bottle open and I pour each of us a small glass of this. I don't remember what it was specifically, mm. but I know that the I remember that the first time that you came over, you and your wife came over to my house. You were living in a high rise over in yep. the Galleria. Area. Over the yeah. Galleria. And I remember going into the refrigerator and pulling out something. I don't remember now what it was, but it was something like this. And we kind of bonded over that, I thought. I think so. That was like, it was one of those special <laughs> moments where we go, man, this beer is good. Man, this beer is good. And then we started, you know, talking about beers, talking about cigars. And, and, and... In Disney speak, we were Twitter-pated. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, all I can tell you about the Westbrook 10th anniversary is yes, if you can get your hands on a bottle of this, even if it is $30. I love this. It has the viscosity of mud. Yeah. (laughs) And and you know what? Have you ever had a mud pie? Like I'm talking about the dessert mud pie. Yeah. yeah. And it's delicious. Yeah. This is just as good. Uh, I want to say thank you to all of the incredible people. Who went into fashioning the incredible drinks we've had on this show today? Because this is why it reminds me. I saw my wife this morning. I woke up in kind of a, like a, a, a you know weird mood, and I was a little little snippy. And uh, about mid morning, as I was beginning to pull my stuff together to come to the show, I went to my wife and I was like. I'm just a complete a-hole. I totally apologize. I'm about to go drink like amazing beers, make a black and tan, talk about cigar. Like, like this is this is such a great thing to get to do. You're the worst and, person ever. And I am the worst person ever, and I accept that mantle. Uh, but I thank you, my friend, for being here and being a part of Smoking and Toasting as we say goodbye for show number 219, brought to you by MyCigarShirts.com. We'll see you next week when uh, we'll be doing Super Bowl cocktails, my friends, with Chris Woo! Morris. See you then, and uh, cheers, cheers, y'all. y'all.